You're listening to The Full Broadside. everybody welcome to another episode and i believe this is episode 20 so bang up job guys the full broadside the full broadside hit uh, the big two zero yeah so grats all around <laughs> uh with me today yeah, almost legal yeah yeah <laughs> with me today kj mando sock <laughs> nimitz and we got nightmare here standing by and we got mr polecat sitting in the uh in the live chat room too so so thanks for hanging guys and uh Let's get underway. What have we What have we been doing the last few days? What uh, What have we been enjoying in, in the game, and uh, how's it been going for everybody? I think the real question is, what have you been doing, Cyber? Right. I think yeah. the last time I talked to you, other than once a few days ago, was last time we recorded. So right. We were going to send out a rescue party out a for you here, big guy. yeah i've kind of been burning the candle at both ends you know i i made reference to that in the previous episode that we did and uh i ended up being uh, we had to scratch the show last week because there was uh, a an accident that had happened in my personal life with a with a close friend and uh my mind just wasn't in the game to go last week and uh on top of that i i had gotten wind that there was some uh some tipping of drinks a little early before the show and we were i was a little worried too that we might not all <laughs> been 100 percent. so <laughs> it just made sense to scrap it and then shoot for this week so hey it's, some some of us were a little more 100 percent 100 proof than than others that's right hey, amen that's right. It, was, it was a good call cyber good call <laughs> i think there was cause to celebrate because my understanding and i uh, joined in some clan battles tonight is that we hit storm league guys is that is that correct? We did. Yes. We're in storm. Yeah, we did that. What on Wednesday, Thursday? What night was it that we got in? I think it was Thursday. Thursday. Was Thursday yeah. Uh, so not bad for a bunch of average Joes, you know. Well, that was yeah. something I was going to bring up. Hey, you know, big congratulations to those of the guys that uh, that got together and made that happen. I mean, you know, what is this our second clan season? Like second clan season. Yeah, either. second mm-hmm. time that that this clan has come together, been in in the the clan battles, and in only season two we've already made it to storm. So, yeah, and bang up job all around. Listening up there, you also got to think about this clan was only created in February, February, right, or was it January? You get started. Back in the days uh, of yore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right around February. Yeah, yeah. You know, I joined in the middle of February. I looked it up. Back in the day, it was on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway, yeah. So, so we haven't really been around all that long, and I've been hearing that most clans take at least usually three or four clan seasons before they get up to that kind of level. So I'm I'm quite proud of everybody. I'm quite happy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had jumped in last minute tonight and we just to kind of close out um the clan battle correct me if i'm wrong we are closing out the clan battle season this week or next week uh, tomorrow's uh, tomorrow. the last night yeah tomorrow's the last day 
So closing out, it'll probably be my last night today because I got to work tomorrow night, unfortunately, real life calls. But to close it out, we had a good time with some meme teams uh, going <laughs> on. So we kind of celebrated a little bit on that too. So yeah, that was a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we yeah. just basically loaded up a, a, a bunch of destroyers and a couple of Smolensk and a carrier. And I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in some of the other teams' chat rooms. And this is not a brag. This is just like we didn't think we could pull it off. And we were just like, hey, let's go at it. Let's have some fun. And we ended up winning quite a few games, <laughs> actually. Putting yeah. one, three out of four or something like that. It was kind of fun. Yeah. 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 So it was fun to kind of close out the season and um I know we're getting ready for uh you know Black Friday coming up and we got uh, holiday season and Santa crates around the corner. This will be my year for the Belfast Tier 7. I could feel it. I could feel it. RNG Jeebus is going to be good to me this I, I got to ask you something on that. What ha- what's the what's the threshold for cashola if you don't get it? To not to be like okay, I've spent enough money to not get it, or is this like no expense spared? I'm buying crates until I get it. Um, <laughs> you're gonna paint That's a me dangerous for, question. Yeah, it's a dangerous question. Um, okay, so I'm really close to it. Um, last season, if they don't add more premiums, what they which they do. So um, you're running I, out of ships. I guess you're running out of ships to get, aren't you? That's what I'm saying. So I'm starting to, to get down to the rare ships. And so uh, wow. for you listeners oh, out wow. there. What a yeah. problem to have, Mando. <laughs> right? wow. Talk about setting yourself apart from the rest of the entire legion of World of Warships players. Way to go, Mando. Yeah. I mean, to I'm be sorry. fair, I'm pretty sure KJ pain. and me are both in the same, are both in the same B-O-T-E boat. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, don't start B-O-T-E that. <laughs> don't start that. <laughs> but um, no, I I feel it. To answer the question, I so because of you know world events and COVID, I haven't gone anywhere or gone on vacation. I haven't gone to Vegas. I'm not a gambling guy, and so um, you know, I don't know. Maybe cap plus it you're off, married, so that takes yeah, away I'm like eighty percent of the fun of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> That's I have I do get the wife aggro and the kid aggro <laughs> and and uh, I you know I might spurge myself it, you know I am thinking our Aryan Jeebus is going to bless me with my very first set of crates and then I won't have to buy anymore uh, but um, must be must be nice to have a job a, yeah a I'd job. love to be able to buy a bunch of crates this year but I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it work financially. Um, all kidding put aside, so I, I the last two or three years I've been doing Santa crates. I do the medium size, the big crates, not not the very big ones and not the small ones, the the ones that are in the middle. And I actually break even because I pick up a lot of steel, a lot of doubloons. On the average, I've been walking away with you know fifteen twenty k doubloons. Um, I still have premium time left over from last holiday season, and so. It, to me, it's it's there. There is a return on on my investment as oh, far yeah, as for sure. Time. I still have hundreds upon hundreds of camos from like two years ago. Right. So if I had to put a dollar amount, I don't know, but it, it, at least at least a, at least a Benjamin. Yeah, the people want least, a number. At least a Benjamin. Minimum. That's a hundred, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah, you gotta for say you, that for you Canadian folks. <laughs> yeah, you gotta spell that out <laughs> for the Canadian <laughs> folks. <laughs> what is that? A, a queen? Queen? queen uh, no, the queen's on the twenty. It's uh, 
Prime Minister Robert Borden is on the okay. hundred, is on the hundred. Okay, so I, it's I, been a, at least I'm a poor Borden. human, so it's been a minute since I've seen a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> at least a Borden. Now, you guys, does that come in coin form or does that come in paper? Because I know you, you Commonwealth, you guys. Have um, we coin. have here in Canada. We have a. Uh, we don't have pennies. We got rid of those about ten years ago. We have uh, nickels, dimes, quarters. Uh, a dollar coin called a loony. A two dollar coin called a toonie. The loon, the loonie is called loony because it has a loon on it. And okay. the toonie is just kind of a play on that. It's actually two pieces of of metal that are like stamped together to make it like two toned. It's kind of cool. And then we have a five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar, fifty dollar, and one hundred dollar bill. And technically, there are two dollar bills that are still legal tender, but they're all really old now. And so, uh, the thousand dollar bill does exist, but good luck not getting arrested if you try to use one. So I I will commit to at least one hundred loonies or fifty toonies or one Borden worth of Santa Creeds minimum. <laughs> <laughs> more than that, though, more like one hundred and twenty five bucks because America. Right, and because exchange right? rate, exchange rate is usually about seventy five percent. But anyway, what what were we talking about? Balance, game balance. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, we were in the middle of a whale song, is what we were listening to. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, and balance. Mandalorian, aka Orca. Ba- <laughs> balance orca. and bacon. That's what we were talking about. Well, you teased the Belfast, uh, what, two weeks ago when we had our last show. Uh, why don't you run off with that a little bit and, and tell us about the Belfast? Belfast 43, that is. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Belfast 43. So, uh, I, I went on a limb. I normally don't go out and, you know, like, this is a must-buy purchase. Usually, I uh, believe it or not, a lot of my premiums come from the special, uh, you know, special events or, um, you know, the dockyard or something uh, to put it in. And when I do buy premium time, I tend to buy, like, a premium time package and it's got doubloons attached with it. And so that's usually, and it builds up over time. That's usually where I get a lot of my, my premium ships. So uh, this was the first time in a long time that I've actually gone out and like day of release picked up the Belfast 43. Mainly because of the historical, because I've actually been on the ship when I was over in the United Kingdom for two years. And also because of the nostalgia and mainly because a lot of the chatter in the forums that this thing is, you know, craptastic and don't buy it and it's not worth it. That to me is like, that's like a challenge. Like I'm going to get this thing and I'm going to go out and, and see if I can make it work. And so far, it's I'm up to about 25 battles in it, and it takes about you know at least 50, 60 battles to kind of get dialed in on this thing. But so far, I've been doing pretty good in it. Um, this is not your Belfast Tier Seven. It is a different type of a Belfast, and it is of the new meta of the new some of these new Royal Navy cruisers that are coming out, which is meant to be more of a close support supporting the cap supporting the dds and i i say that because we have the plymouth that's coming out yeah i was gonna say speaking of the belfast 43 i saw a plymouth in in a game the other day and uh, i was in the venezia and i'd kind of forgotten what the plymouth was because i hadn't looked at it in weeks months and uh, i came into the cap thinking oh i'm gonna get a nice little easy cap here 
this guy pops up and about you know nine ten kilometers away and i'm like okay i can kind of farm this guy in, in my head i thought the plymouth was a clone of the goliath I, I thought it was a heavy cruiser and um so i smoke up and i start shooting at him and everything's going good and then i see radar then i then i get radar and i'm like what the hell what's what, who the heck's radar i mean is like oh no it's the plymouth and then this thing just starts melting me like oh my god that thing did so much damage i i did eventually kill it but holy crap 16 guns and they shoot like minotaur fast <laughs> yeah it, it you if you can catch a dd by surprise um you can even with the Belfast 43, you can melt them down. I know it's got a 10 second reload. Um, if you can catch them by surprise, see that's a trick. So I, I know what everybody's thinking, and the listeners are like, "Come on, Mando, just spit it out." So bottom line up front, this ship is very unforgiving. If you are a newer player to the game and you're just kind of, "Hey, Belfast, I recognize the name." There's a you know, this is a very unforgiving ship. You have paper thin armor you are target number one because everybody knows that you're just a floating citadel um and you have no heal there's no um you know uh, you know repair party heal on the ship so it, it, it you have a very fragile uh health pool um and so because of that um people know that you they can delete you uh, really quickly. And case in point, my very first game, I jump in my Belfast 43. I got my flags on, my shiny new paint camo. I go sailing out and I get very first game within, I'm not kidding, about 20, 25 seconds. I get spotted by a midway uh, and deleted by a Kremlin from God knows what corner of the map and just blap me and I was done in like 25 seconds and just like wow so that was my very first experience with the ship but uh, again I, I, I take it as a challenge and I, I'm going to try to make this thing work so strength, strengths uh, of it are that it does have smoke you can run hydro you can run radar it's a 9 kilometer radar um, all at the same time it does have torpedoes that's what kind of sets it apart from the Belfast tier 7 um, the drawbacks to it is, well, and I'm sorry, the concealment, it's an 8.9 kilometer concealment with flags and, you know, captain and, and, and captain skills and, and mods. So you can get down to 8.9 concealment. So you can kind of cruise around, even though that the smoke screen, um, is the Royal Navy smoke screen. You, you get about 40 seconds on it. And that's it. It's about enough to get you four salvos out of your guns because you do have a 10-second reload. But So it, it's not a sit-in-smoke-and-spam-HE like the older Belfast. It has a completely different play style. Right. So, yeah, bottom line up front, if you were a newer player, if you were new to, you know, warships, if this is something that just kind of, um, unless you're a, a natural at this game, um which there are some people out there. We, you know, we have some anomalies out there. Um, I, I am not one of them. I am just an average, you know, Joe guy. But uh, it is. It, I would tr strongly encourage you to look at some other ships and maybe pick this up as you get some experience. If you're an experienced player and you want to really challenge yourself, and on top of that, if you really want to hone your skills, pick up the forty three. It's gonna it's gonna teach you, and you will know when you make mistakes in this boat or not, because you will get 
punished and you will get punished hard. So, um, yeah, mixed, mixed bag, mixed review on it. Um, yeah, it's fun. Question to have about it. Is it a good representation of how the tech tree line plays? I would say no. Um, simply because I am waiting now you're talking about just the Royal, like the, the Royal Navy light cruisers, like, you know, Edinburgh, Fiji, and those ships. This is an anomaly that's that's put aside um, mainly because it's, you, you do have high explosive, but also the AP rounds, so your armor piercing rounds, you do not have the Royal Navy pen that all the other tech tree ships do. So your armor piercing is kind of lackluster, you know, uh, lackluster. Um, your tech tree Royal Navy, you're going to get, of course, they are AP only or are you know armor piercing only for newer viewers or somebody who's new to the game, um, you're going to get a better the Royal Navy penetration values to it. This does not. And they're it's kind been, of the OG sap. Kind of. This has been compared to the Belfast 43s. Basically, it's if you have the tech tree line, if you've gone up, it's basically an Edinburgh with high explosive and smoke, um, but not the Edinburgh or the armor-piercing and no values. heal. And no heal. I think that's the big one, isn't it? No heal. Because the Edinburgh's yeah. heal is fantastic. I would, even if it's just a basic heal or a small heal, or even give it just one or two. It, you know, Wargaming, I, I saw on a completely different topic. I mean, the Kansas is in pre-release. They already buffed it. They gave it the Kansas a buff. Give the 43 a buff. Give, give it a heal. It needs a heal. Really, it's not going to make it overpowered there's enough drawbacks to it that you're, you're not you know you have the shorter smoke you've got uh the, the non-royal navy values on the armor penetration give it the heel give it something a little bit of survivability because like we mentioned earlier the role of this new kind of line of of royal navy cruisers coming out is you're supposed to get in close uh and support your destroyers up into the cap which you can because you do have low concealment, but as soon as you open fire and get spotted, my goodness, it's it's an apocalypse of epic proportions with the amount of incoming fire you take in this thing, and you just don't have the hit points to trade off for it. If they gave it a heal, uh, what would you be willing to give up for it would be my question. You know, to be honest, I think that there's enough going against it that you don't need to give up anything or for maybe it. if you had to give up the radar for the heel i would give up the torpedoes it could be an interesting trade now that I would segues into go ahead i'll say what i was going to say after Sorry. I, I was going to say if i had to answer it i would give up the torpedoes for a better heel because you have enough going for it j just like the tier seven and i know they don't want to make it like they want to give it like its own unique flavor but i would give up the torpedoes for a heel uh just based on the fact that I, the torpedoes i really haven't been using them i want to say they're like 7k8 they're strictly defensive torpedoes um you, you give up the torpedoes and, and give it a heel uh, and that will that will bring about the balance in the force on this boat. Yeah. Now, my question that I just thought of while you were talking about this is: Do you think the ships like Belfast Forty Three, uh, Boise, oh, what's another one, Alabama, things like that? You know, any to any premium ship that's kind of considered to be either bad or meh. Do you think that's intentional? 
And do you think, And because I'm kind of thinking that that's intentional and that any overpowered premiums that go in the game are also intentional because then they have something that they can yank from players and then more people are going to buy it, if that it makes sense. Yeah, but I, they put the, the mediocre premiums in, so there's always something in the shop that's going to always be in the shop. So here's my disclaimer. This is strictly in my own humble opinion. I have no ties to Wargame. I have, you know, again, I'm just a paying subscribing player like, you, you know, the majority, vast majority of us out there. So that being said, they I, send him a copy of the utility bill every <laughs> every month. This is premium account basically pays for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I pay for the light switches to go on and off in the restroom down the hall. Um <laughs> I don't think that they do that intentionally. I think it's some of these ships, and let's look at like the Boise. The Boise is a great ship. It's got a good heel. Um, it, it's it's a Helena that's kind of beefed up. In fact, the Boise has got a phenomenal heel on it. That's kind of its unique flavor on it. I don't think. I think that some of these ships they just they just don't test them enough, and they put them in the game. They give you know you give them just a couple of community contributors or some super testers, and there's I don't know how many they have i'm not privy to the numbers i i just don't think that they're being tested enough with some of these contributors and it's just kind of going out there as is um and then it hits the market and then they don't get a lot of sales to it and then i think that they just kind of forget about it you know Uh, maybe it's also possible that you know the super testers the devs and the community contributors are by and large extremely skilled players right Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, n- no doubt. Um, I think, and this is me, if I was in charge of Wargaming for a day, I, I would have a team of, you know, a sampling of just your your, your player base. Just go down and, and look at some stats and get, get some, you know, 45 to 50, 50% win rate players and give them a chance, like a rental. Here, well, why don't you test play this and we'll give you like a three-day rental on it and, and give us some feedback. And, and once you do it, you get a little bit of gold or something. Yeah, you know, um, and so yeah, that's a. In fact, that's my idea. War gaming. If you're listening, uh, let's do that. Let's get a little test core. Um, you know, a little test division of just a random sampling. You could sign up on the forums, um, give you a little three day sampling. Yeah, and they give you a little. You know, give you some flags or something at the end of the test period, and um, in return, fill out a survey and give some feedback. Um, I think Sock, I think you hit that right. I think there's yeah. just some of these guys are just so skilled at it um, that by the time that the ship hits the game, I, I, I don't think it's I, I think a lot of them are still a work in progress. And then, of course, the cynic in me says that the marketing department runs the whole show and they go to the devs, or the, you know, the people who design the premium ships and they're like, hey, we need three new premium ships and they have to make this much money. So make well, things sure. people are going to buy. Yeah, I'm and that's sure where that the good, the, that's the quote, overpowered premiums come from because they're trying to make things that people will buy. That's that's definitely right. a, a benchmark. The the dollar, you know, how yeah. much? Yeah, I make. mean, they are a for profit company. Let's you know not forget that they're here to make money. And I saw a really good quote talking. They were talking about uh, uh, shilling, or or not shilling, fanboying. On it was specifically Intel versus AMD. He's like, you're an idiot if you fanboy because none of these companies want to be your friend. None of these companies care about you. They care about your money. Right. There is a lot of truth that rings to that. You know, I mean, let's be honest. They are a for-profit company. They they 
want they do want to make money. No, they don't necessarily hate you. You know, they're not out to get you. They just want your money. Well, I mean, what company doesn't though? I mean, whether you're selling exactly, you know, extension cords or you know, a video game. I mean, you know, I'm just saying it's 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 all relative as to what the market. I'm a in school this semester. I'm taking a marketing course, and um, I was found it really interesting that none of the course material, you know, none of the things we learn are customer oriented it's framed as being customer oriented but it's all like it's not what can we do to make the customer happy it's um how can making the customer happy make us more money okay so that brings up a good point because part of the flack that wargaming has gotten out of the belfast 43 is that basically they made a crap ship they slapped the Belfast name on it and put it out there and suckered in a bunch of people into buying it based off of the name only. And I think that was intentional. I I yeah. think so too. I mean, because again, it, this really, it's not, I mean, it's not a finished product in my humble opinion as an average player. I, I, I would love it if one day we got big enough that one of somebody who works at Wargaming reached out to us and confirmed or denied any of this and gave us some insight into what was going on. So if, you know, anybody has those contacts or if one of you guys at work gaming are listening, cause I know you guys, some of you people do listen to these kinds of things. <laughs> Going to crawl down the, the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, right? So <laughs> yeah. And the, no, the it, thing is like, I'm not one for conspiracy theories. I usually, I, I usually think conspiracy theories are stupid, but I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is just marketing. Oh, absolutely! This by by slapping the Belfast name on it and putting something out there, they're they're gonna make some money off of it. It's it's you know a quick fix because they have other projects that they're gonna move on to. I think it's it's that you know number one they they're, they're, they they want to make money, so let's put the Belfast yeah. name on it. And number two, they have a small sampling like we talked about with these testers that have you know they're all super unicorns and and it's not your average player base that's testing these ships out. Yeah. And another thing, I, I kind of lost my train of thought here. Uh, we we're talking about money. Um, money, cashola, marketing. Yeah, it's usually when I Benjamin lose my train of thought, Luna. too. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sure it'll come back to me. The thing I was going to say is like, I know a lot of people were disappointed when the Belfast first came out because it didn't have this 41, 42, 43 yeah. um, you know, makeup yeah. originally, like they, they thought it would. It would have. It would have its build from later in the war, not earlier in the war. Yeah. So, oh, well, that's what I was going to say. Return of investment time. Things like rebalancing ships, rebalancing premium ships. Um, they have to think, okay, is the amount of extra money we're going to get for rebalancing this ship worth the amount of money that we're going to have to spend paying people to rebalance it? Right. No, I. It, it, so going back to the Belfast Tier 7 or the original Belfast, um, when it first came out a few years ago, it was had a very unique. I'm trying to stay away from gimmick. It had its very unique qualities uh, to the ship, which were unheard of and very uh, over overpowered or OP or whatever you want to call it in the game. But look at the Belfast Tier Seven now compared to a lot of other ships that are in the game. And I'm not talking premium. I'm talking tech tree ships that do pretty much the same thing that have the same. Um, 
But do it, they though? Who else has smoke and radar at the same time? Yeah, uh, that's one unique quality. But uh, y- y- so, sock back when you and I were first playing this game, it was like if you had a Belfast tier seven and a Kutuzov. That was the other ship that I wanted. If you to had a Belfast and a Kutuzov, you'd made it. Right. And um, a Fuso. If you didn't have a Fuso, you weren't somebody. Because back then, that was you know, considered the overpowered meta. But, I mean, okay, so look at the Kutuzov right now. And I, I think the Belfast was the ship that Radar debuted with, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't have that information. Because I, I remember know. there was a time before Radar was a thing, and I'm pretty sure... I'm going to have to look this up. I think it'd have to be an American ship. I really do. Um... When did Radar uh, enter World of Warships? I know I'm Googling stuff live. No, that's you're fine. Uh, <laughs> while you're looking that up, like, going back to what I was saying about the Kutuzov, look at the Kutuzov. Its unique feature was you had an HE-throwing cruiser that could sit back at range that could sit in a smokescreen, had a smokescreen. But look at some of the ships that like the Anchorage. The Anchorage pretty much does the same thing now. You look at the Smolensk. The Smolensk does the same thing now. So some of these other ships that made it very unique or very quote-unquote overpowered back in the day, which again was on a Wednesday because I did look it up. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, you have ships that are out there now that are doing the same thing. So um, you know, either go back and rebalance them, which I don't think that they are, or, you know, so- can we compare it to uh, the Cleveland as a tier six as opposed to the Cleveland today and the Belfast 43 as opposed to the original Belfast? I mean, that's pretty similar, right? I mean, it's not what it used to be, but it's yeah. It depends who you talk to. I'm a huge fan of the Cleveland. Uh, both. Yeah, I think the Cleveland's six. great at tier eight. Yeah, and tier eight. It's it's viable. But then again, I I seem to be making the Belfast 43 viable too, where everybody says that it, it sucks. Don't play it. Um, you know, and I've thrown some numbers up into our spam channel up on Discord just to kind of show where I'm at. In fact, I'll I'll while Sock is getting his information, I'll I'll throw my uh my stats out real quick. I gotta tell you what, this would be a perfect time to take a break. Uh well, everybody's looking things up, and we're yeah, in the middle of the conversation. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and Sock, you found out it was the Atlanta. Yeah, the Atlanta was the first ship that had radar in this game, so then the Belfast must have been the second one. Because the Belfast came in not that much longer after the Atlanta did. So to wrap it all up, Belfast 43, I, I put my stats up in the spam channel um 23 games you know 0.7 kills average damage 42k max kills too it's average stats you know so if i'm an average player and i could take a ship and give it average you know joe stats i think that in the hands of a good or a decent player that they would do okay in the ship so how does that compare to your stats in the edinburgh let me take a look I'm just curious. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Better than my Edinburgh. Interesting. My Edinburgh, Average damage, a-, a lot higher. Maximum damage, a little lower, but also like less games in it, so that'll go up. Yeah, so you know, 25 games compared to 133 games, my stats in the Belfast 43 are much better. <laughs> so yeah, almost double the PR, too. 
Yeah. So, you know, bottom line up front, if you're a new player, I would steer away from this and go find something like the mines or something a little bit more user friendly. If you are an experienced player and you want to put something unique in your garage that not a lot of people are probably have out there, pick up the 43, challenge yourself. Um, you know, you can only make yourself better. Have well, we talked about the, uh, the British light cruisers of the weekly grind yet? Uh, not quite yet, but what I wanted to do to wrap that up, we, we brought up some balance changes and, uh, there's been some, uh, uh, posts here in the development blog that I look at from time to time. And I wanted to get your guys takes on, uh, on a couple of these. Cause as I read them, it had me scratching my head just a little bit. And, um, one of them this now this is proposed balance changes and obviously work in progress it may or may not happen but patch 9.11 they're talking about two ships right out the gate which surprised me Havarask and Harugamo now we've 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 talked about these at length quite a few times before but what they're showing that they're doing to these I don't know if it's a it's a nerf to me. Maybe it's a buff. I don't know. But what what they're recommending they're doing, or what they're stating they're doing anyway, damage to a ship's HP caused by an AP or SAP shell with a caliber of 280 millimeters and larger will no longer exceed 10% the maximum damage of the shell. Now yeah, this is meant to before you go on. This is meant to. Um, uh, counter the absolute kicking that the Italian battleships were giving destroyers because they were. I've heard stories of the uh, Christopher Columbus, the Tier Ten, doing like fifty thousand damage to Thunderers with semi-armor piercing and just like absolutely annihilating destroyers with like one shell, taking out half their health. So this is a really good change. Essentially, they're making it so that it will force semi-armor piercing to overpen. Essentially, it's an overpen. Automatic damage saturation. On the Cabarrus. And the Harugamo. Yeah. What's the armor of the Harugamo? I know the Cabarrus has got, what, the 50 or 52 millimeter armor, which is causing the armor piercing shells to arm. Yeah, I thought they were changing that. Isn't that one of the things they're yeah. changing? They're getting rid of that that fifty millimeters of plating. They are. I, I heard that too. That's um, a huge buff. Actually, it's going to make the Kaba. It uh, might actually make the Kaba relevant again. So we may see the comeback of the Kaba. The only other problem with the Kaba, though, is that it has slower rudder shift time than a lot of cruisers. They really demolished that. In honestly. It still holds true that the best way to play the Kaba is to leave it in port and play the Kleber instead. <laughs> right. I haven't heard uh, that. I always thought the the Haba, the Haba was just another destroyer or another uh, cruiser. <laughs> Basically, yeah. do you yeah. guys remember when that thing was introduced in the game? How disgusting it was! Yes, like it was the Smolensk of its time. Almost as as disgusting as us, you and I running a Smolensk division. Yeah. I've, I've, I see it from time to time still. I don't see it very often, but I see it from time to time. I mean, it's it's still pretty nasty. It, it, can, it can ruin your day. Um, yeah, well, absolutely it can if it's played well. The problem with the Kaba is that you can dev strike it with battleships because that 50 millimeters of plating 
maybe not if he's perfectly broadside to you because it is still you know it's still a destroyer so it's a pretty skinny ship but if he's angled to you at all it's going to arm and you're going to get full pen damage so three shells and you're going to take out his entire hit point pool it's essentially like having a citadel on a dd right yeah, so those were the, the the balance changes on those two ships. Really caught my eye, and I had to had to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, they go in. They've added three other ships that they're going to be making adjustments to. The Implacable, the carrier out of Great Britain, maximum bomb damage is going to go up slightly. The chance of fire from a bomb is going to increase one percent. Not all that big of a deal. The is that tier the eight, premium one? I can never remember mm, which one's which. I don't remember. No. I don't think so. I think the impl- Implacable's regular uh, okay. standard. Um, the Tier 8 Kansas, its Sigma is increased by 0.1, so not a ton. It went from terrible to really bad. Yeah, 1.5 <laughs> up to 1.6 now. And another one that kind of caught me, but it's a slight change, not a real big deal, the Kitakazi detectability range increased from 7.56 to 7.76 so they've added a you know they basically made it a little bit easier to spot but it's i don't know 0.2k i don't see that being a big deal well let's uh, go back to the implacable real quick sure. okay, yeah, tier eight, eight, by the way tier eight tech tree Oh, it's the tech tree. Okay, so the Indomitable yeah. is the premium. I always get those two mixed up. I can never remember which one's which. Right, me too. Because you never see either of them because they're both garbage. Well, okay, so let's go back to the Implacable because I've gone up the Royal Navy line and you might think 29 to 30% fire chance is not, it's 1%. You know, what's 1%? You got to remember that the flavor of the Royal Navy carriers is that these are not one or two bombs we're talking about these things carpet bomb you with you know cluster bombs that come out and so i should look at that how many bombs do they get yeah so if you're looking Um, one percent fire chance increase that's actually pretty significant considering the the amount of munitions that you're actually dropping in your drop zone it's not one or two or three or four like a midway or whatever it's each bomber there's two bombers in each attacking flight each bomber drops eight bombs Okay, so so the argument there is we're dropping, say, 10 bombs hit the target. Now you're technically a 10% bump up by way of math. Yeah, I don't do math in public, but that's... Yes, but right. no. <laughs> I, I understand what you... It, that's, not act, that's not how it works, but it's that it makes sense to think of it that way. It's act, I think the way that kind of statistics and probability works is a lot more complicated than that. Sure, sure, but uh, just throwing out a quick number, you know. <laughs> because of law of diminishing returns and, and probabilities and all that kind of stuff, but that's way out hey. of the scope of the depth we get into here. It's right. a, a good baseline. I think it'll be a good buff. But at the same time, um, one thing, I, I, I recently rebuilt my midway captain because I felt I wasn't getting enough tick damage. And one thing I did was I removed Demolition Expert because my midway had 69% nice fire chance before uh, with flags and stuff. I, when I got rid of uh, demolition expert that brought it down to a base of 64%, which is still really high. But I found that when I was fighting battleships, I was getting two and three fires pretty much without fail. And that's basically anybody's going to damage control that. 
And you may say, oh, that's great. They're damage, they're gonna damage control it. You can just go around and hit them again and get permanent fires. Yeah, but your planes get melted by the time you get back. And by the time you get back with another squadron, their damage control's off cooldown anyway. So you're much better off lighting one fire, which he's not going to put out. Because at least then you're going to get some damage. Yeah, that's another yeah. way of you know thinking about it outside the box, I suppose. Well, and to add a little more fire to that flavor, uh, they're talking about some additional changes to attacking aircraft. Um, they're talking about a closed test concept. Uh, the following changes will be conducted, and that is uh, they're, they're making a change to the length of the attack animation from 2.5 to 3 times. Rockets that are launched are going to be launched with a delay with after the left mouse button is pressed. The speed at which a crosshair is reduced is increased. The penalty to reduction for maneuvering is lowered. Markers showing the exact spot where each rocket w will hit are added. And the markers are, not, are shown not for only the aircraft player... Uh, aircraft carrier player, but also to the ships which are being attacked. Now they go into detail a little bit. They said the change uh, the change to the shape of attack aircraft crosshair update in 9.7 gave destroyers a possibility to stick to a common tactic to avoid rocket attacks. During the test, ships, especially destroyers, will have more time to react and it'll be easier for them to lower or completely evade damage from rockets with the correct maneuvers. Uh, changes to the crosshair will make a starting attack run easier for aircraft carriers as well. And they said, obviously, please note that if the results are positive at the end of this test, detailed information, future usage of this concept will follow, and well, so on and so forth. So once again, we're making some tweaks. I don't know if they're nerfs, they're buffs. It certainly looks like you know they're gonna they're gonna help out destroyers a little bit, but it's also might even be making things a little easier on the aircraft carrier player. So yeah, I was going to say, it sounds there? a bit like a net neutral. Um, yeah. I find a really big problem I have, especially with the Shokaku, I don't have the Hakuryu yet, is when you're using the rocket planes, they aim really, really quickly when you're in the, the preparation time. But the bloom, when you try to maneuver with them, if you're trying to refine the target, is just ridiculous. So that might make things better. Uh, I think a good example of what of something that already has this kind of idea is the FDR, the uh, Franklin Roosevelt, the Midway clone. In that, its torpedo planes like they just don't lose any aim when you maneuver them, and that is such a powerful tactic. You know, because you can come in pretty much nose on to a ship, and then like hit your attack run, and then just turn into him at the last second and still hit all your torpedoes because reasons. You have it from the resident uh, carrier commander. I, I don't know. I'm not that experienced in carriers, so I, I, I think it could be. Uh, but but then again, you know, it's only for attack aircraft, and you're kind of you kind of want to set up an attack aircraft run before you get close enough that you need to maneuver with the target reticle going. But it could make things useful for doing that fine adjustment without losing all your aim, because sometimes. Especially if you're crap like me, you don't always line it up perfectly the first time. Now, did those changes go live? Like Cyber, did you say those go live? And did those go live in nine point seven? Are they still working on it? Uh, that, that's in testing there. Yeah, that's still okay. like really early days. The nine point seven change that was the reticle change where they like changed the UI a little bit, and that was I, also when they changed the uh, when they did the speed boost nerf. 
I'd like to know, like, any time they decided to tweak or adjust or jack something up, it's always either got to be a carrier or a destroyer. Um, <laughs> why? Why is that? Work in I progress. guess they're probably the hardest to balance, <laughs> and they're the two that have the most interaction. You know, carriers are by and large the most dangerous thing to a destroyer. Yeah, that's a factual statement. And so I think they're really they're working really hard to they're working really hard to improve the quality of the interaction between carriers and destroyers to make it so that a skilled carrier player can still have a chance at killing a destroyer player, but a skilled destroyer player can still have a chance at evading an attack. Right, and I think it's the glass cannon theory when when you think about it. I mean, you look at the other classes of ships. You got cruisers, you got battleships. Both of them can tolerate a decent amount of damage. They can put out a decent amount of damage too. Sometimes a lot, sometimes a little. But yeah, they have they're, they're yeah. good. Destroyers are 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 very weak sided. They get hit a couple of times and they're gone. So they have to be really maneuverable. They've got to be able to get in, get out. They got to be sneaky, but. If played well, they can be terribly devastating to an, uh, to an enemy team. Same goes for the carriers. They can put out a ton of damage. They can get some good spotting. However, once they're spotted, they can be torn apart pretty quick. So I, I think that's all it is, is just a, a you know glass cannon theory. And, yeah. and that's why it's harder to balance those types of ships without making changes to them, which start pressing them into the other categories of the other two uh, ship types. Uh, I think the intention with aircraft carriers originally in this game, like way back in the day, was it went back to the rock, paper, the rock, paper, scissors theory of that um, uh, destroyers kill battleships, cruisers kill destroyers, and uh, or sorry, uh, it's the best way to say this. Battleships kill cruisers, cruisers kill destroyers, and destroyers kill battleships, and aircraft carriers kill each other. But it's kind of turned into battleships kill cruisers, cruisers kill destroyers, and aircraft carriers kill everything. Right. And right. cruisers kill... And, you know, it's kind of... It's also kind of turned into, you know, battleships kill cruisers, cruisers kill destroyers, um, destroyers kill destroyers, Battleships kill destroyers because uh, the cruisers radared them, and carriers kill destroyers because uh, planes and uh, destroyers don't kill anything because everything else has already killed them. Well, and let's not forget with the introduction of SAP and the new Italian battleship line, when that comes out, there's more SAP flying all over. You're going to have battleships and more cruisers taking out destroyers. And, you know, it, it, it's crazy with these other changes. You got everything is killing everything. And let's not forget submarines are out there at some yeah. point. That's yeah. going to be uh, chaos. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to have this one kills this one, this one kills this one, and this one kills this one in turn, it's, and we're all happy. Well, Kumbaya. Kind of it doesn't into, work that way anymore. It's all it's, freaking it's, chaos it's all, on the water. I was going to say, it's going to kind of turn into, evolved. remember with the Big Bang Theory, it's going to turn into Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Spock, Vader, lightsabers and the death star because now you've got german carriers which are going against the cruisers with the ap rockets now i mean they've the it the game has so far evolved from just you know the the basics well let's not forget the uh the fdr that uh, spends all its time nuking battleships now yeah 
Yeah. But anyway, we should probably actually spend some time doing some of our weekly topics because <laughs> we've been we yeah. almost 50 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, what was it? The weekly grind, we were going to talk, gonna talk uh, British battleships, and there was a specific reason for that one today is because there's some additional changes that they've announced uh, that we wanted to talk about as well. So uh, l let's let's talk uh, British battleships. Anybody got a lot of experience or any? I know Mando's went all the way up. I've only went about halfway and bought a premium, and I think some of you guys are in the same boat with me, but uh, our resident whale who owns everything, let's hear from Mando. <laughs> well, before I'll steal Jake. Mando's thunder for a second here. Uh, um, can we just take a moment to appreciate how broken the Thunderer is? That's yeah, an amazing ship, not broken at all. The FDR <laughs> I, is a broken yeah, ship. <laughs> no, 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 FDR no. no. Thunder is balanced. The Thunderer is I, like this functions isn't, as intended. This isn't even an unpopular opinion. The, the Thunderer is the most overpowered ship in this. Okay, no, the, 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 it's the most overpowered ship that's not the Manfred von Richthofen. Or the FDR. Well, you got to remember that the Thunderer took now the Conqueror. And getting back to the tech line, have the large. You know, you had two sets of guns on a Conqueror, and most players at tier ten chose the beginning set, which had the three rifles per turret. Yeah. Uh, because you had a higher chance of lighting fires, which is the specialty of the Royal Navy. Battleship. Yeah, I'm not sure if back then the 457s had the same fire chance as they do on the Thunder. I never had the Conqueror had back then. Well, same, it is the same. They basically the Thunder took the 457s off the Conqueror and they put it onto another ship. Is yeah. what they However, the Thunderer gets the Conqueror's legendary module baked in without having to give up another module. Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's the thing that makes it so powerful because it's literally got better accuracy than the Alaska, which is a cruiser. Right. Yeah. No, but that falls in line with going up the tech tree in 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 order to get up there of course the thunder is is it it's free xp right I, i've got so many uh it's cool, no, cool. Oh, it's, that's right also did we talk about we should do a bit of a psa i know we're going off topic again but um uh ships going away thunder going away yep yep that's coming I, settle down deep breath let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> there suck i just I'm, okay let, let, I, let, I, let's, I just let, gotta get it in right away. If you if it comes down to the last day, spend as much steel as you have to to get the Thunderer because you will regret it if you don't get it. it it's coal though, so so there's that. No, I know, but oh, you can make it. You can if you don't up. have enough coal, yeah, spend uh, as yeah, much steel if, as you If you happen to have the steel, you can use that to, to finish it off. But before we go into that, sock. <laughs> let's let's stay focused on the tech line here for just a little bit because you know the last couple of times we've done a weekly grind we've kind of jumped right to the tier 10 ship talked about it a bunch and then we moved on to something else and really didn't cover the entire line and you know there's some decent ships in that british battleship line and uh you know i figured it'd be it'd be nice to at least talk about them what are some of the strengths do we like them are there well, any lemons in the line you know i that can kind give of you thing. a quick synopsis of the british battleship line the bellerophon's good the orion's crap the iron duke's crap the queen elizabeth is okay king george v is crap monarch's crap lion's crap and the conqueror is a god 
I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I have to Damn. disagree too. Disagree all the way. Damn. So let's, let's back up down to the t- let's drop back down real quick to the tier four Orion. I've had the pleasure with one of our new members coming up, uh, Mountain Enigma. He's a brand new player to the game. I dropped back down to the lower tiers. Hey man, let me help him grind up. And I got into the Orion and was going to the British Royal uh, Navy battleship specialty, which is slinging HE every because of your higher fire chance and I've been pulling out some phenomenal like Krakens in an Orion so I disagree with you that the Orion and a couple of the other ones are crap. Oh also case in point the King George V King George when you go to the rank battles is also the counter to the sign up because you're going to burn that sign up down so it you know yeah I totally disagree with, with Sock on that one I like the Iron Duke. That was my favorite in the line so far. I've only made it to the King George. I haven't had a lot of chance to play it, but I like the Iron Duke so far. I thought the Queen, Queen, Queen Mary, I think, isn't it? Well, whatever. Okay, whatever. One of the Queens was slower than dirt was. It felt like I was in that Soyuz again up at tier nine and in Russia, it was so slow and I just got picked on. I just, I didn't like that at all. What I gotta say about the British battleships, I've only made it up to Queen Elizabeth, but I cannot tell you how many times I have dev striked every ship on that line in other battleships. Because you, okay, so you gotta remember lower tiers, most of your players are still learning the game and they're not angling correctly. Yeah, but the lion, man, that thing is like the softest battleship I have ever killed. I'll go one step further and say there is a lemon in the line, and that's the monarch on tier eight. You have to suffer through the monarch, cut your teeth on that poor ship to get through it. It's lackluster. The guns are lacking. Yeah, it's very soft. Um, The only thing it's got going for it is the higher fire chance, and, of course, the whole line uh, specializes in low concealment. Um, you got to play really defensive on the Monarch, and then, of course, the Lion, and then it opens yeah. back. There's her. another thing with this line, too. It's one of the most expensive lines in the game. It can be. Are you talking, like, repair-wise? No, I'm talking about uh, module research, because every ship has four modules to research. Well, most of them have four modules. Some of them have three. Um research points and experience wise it's one of the most expensive lines in the game because every ship has a propulsion upgrade every ship has a gunfire upgrade every ship has a hull upgrade and a couple of them have gun upgrades too whereas the majority of ships in this game just have a hull upgrade and either a propulsion or um gunfire control i mean the one notable exception there is the freaking iowa because for whatever reason in Wargaming's infinite wisdom, they decided to give it three hulls, which two of them are just complete garbage. But I'm going <laughs> off topic again. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely recommend um, if you want a different play style, it's a little bit of a different play style to get used to the Royal Navy Battleship line because you are slinging HE. And if you're not, in this humble guy's opinion, if you are not, Firing HE is your primary shell going up the Royal Navy battleship line. You're doing it wrong, guys. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a case there's a case to be made for not doing it below tier six or below tier seven. Because the King George the Fifth is when you really start getting that high explosive performance. Below that, like yeah, the HE's performance is better, but it's not like Thunderer better. 
All right, since you keep teasing it, let's go to the uh, the availability of several ships will be coming. What is it? Update 10.1. Several ships will no longer be available to obtain. They are at Tier 8, the Massachusetts. Tier 9, Alaska and Georgia. Tier 10, the Smallland, which hasn't been out very long, but it's going away. And the Thunderer is also going away. So if you're interested in those, be warned. Save up what you got to save up to get each one. Do what you got to do to get the, the, you know, pick one, pick two. Do what you got to do to get them because they're going to go away. I was never going to have whatever it was, 2 million free XP. So I bought the Alaska before it went away. And uh, I haven't played it yet, but looking forward to it. I couldn't let that one go. I one thing it. I got to say is like, why the heck is the small end going away? Literally nobody plays it. Yeah, it's, it's a rare day. You just answered your own question. Nobody plays it. That's what's going away. <laughs> you know, I yeah, but then why I, not keep it in the game? See, I like, have if a theory on buying that. it, then why not leave it there? I have it's a theory on that, and and my theory is similar to you know the black, you know. But in this case, I would say they're taking it away because they probably feel that it was a little expensive. Because what was it, two million free XP? Mm-hmm. very few people are actually going to be able to get into that. And I think that's what they ran into. I think what they're going to probably do is take it away a handful of months, reintroduce it either into coal or steel, and then have people go after it that way and probably replace it with something else. Because you yeah. don't see a whole lot of ships out there that are that are 2 million free XP, and no. you don't see them out on the water because not everybody's dumping 2 million free XP on a ship. It now, just one thing I read about the small end was because the barrier to entry is so high, very few people have it. And that barrier to entry is only really accessible by either the, um, uh, the sea life inclined or the extremely (laughs) skilled players. And from what I understand, it is seriously overperforming for those extremely skilled players. Like in the right hands, it is a scarily good boat. B O T E by the way. Um, (laughs) Like well, scary good, and good I think that might be because of why they're getting rid of it. In fact, while you guys are talking, I'm going to look up the global stats of it. It's if if everybody's freaking out, don't 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 freak out yet because you have until February, from what I understand. It's like what nine point eleven, nine. So you you got a little time to get. 10, yeah, I think it's ten point like one two or something. Ten point yeah, one, 10.1 yeah. is is they said after that. So I'm assuming after it's launched. Okay, so this small end has the second highest win rate of any of any destroyer at tier ten, and uh, second only to the summers. And it doesn't show me PR average. Doesn't show me PR, but uh, yeah, it has the second highest win rate. Now that also, and then. I would say that also brings up the point of, okay, then why is the summer still in the game? But it's a steel ship, so the barrier to entry there is even higher than the small one, because any monkey can get 2 million free XP with enough time. You actually have to be a, a decent player in a decent clan to get enough steel for the summers. But I guess I digress there. Um, although the small one does have the highest average experience of any destroyer in this game, so that tells me that it is being played extremely well. You think they're removing it just because it, it is 
so good in so few players' hands. I'm surprised that they're not getting rid of the Hayate instead, because if you look at the uh, the total number of battles between the two, remember these two ships cost the same amount of free XP to buy. They're both 2 million. The total battle, battles of the Smallland is 95, just under 95,000, whereas the Hayate has less than 16,000, and their win rate is within a percent of each other. And in fact, the Hayate has a higher a- average damage, and its average XP is only 100 lower. So it's not it's not even performing that much worse, but it has almost an order of magnitude less battles. While we're on the topic, I got to throw in there that I called it. I called it. I called it. They were going to pull the thunder. Um, it's going to go the way of the Musashi. I think, oh, I think, I think we knew as soon as yeah. the thunder was introduced, it was going to go away at some <laughs> point. I'm surprised it took them this long, if I'm honest with you. What I want to know from you guys is... Those on the list, was it Massachusetts, Alaska, Georgia, and the other two, Small and Thunder, do any of those surprise you besides those, or are they a good thing they're getting rid of them or a bad thing? I'm surprised the Massachusetts is going away. Massachusetts, yes. That surprised me as well. The Georgia, I'm not too surprised by because they do tend to get rid of coal ships after a while because they get really popular. I don't think the Georgia is overpowered by any stretch. In the right hands, it's a very it's a very good ship, but I don't think it's overpowered. The Massachusetts, on the other hand, is extremely strong. Um, it's got to be one of the highest performing battleships at its tier. But I am surprised they're getting rid of it because it's a a, a cash ship. That and the Alaska too, you know. That that also surprised me, Massachusetts. Yeah, the Alaska. I'm not too surprised by because it is very good and it, it's quite popular. You know, you do see a lot of them, and you know, maybe there's an ulterior motive here. You know, maybe they have something on the back burner ready to replace the Alaska. I'm hoping so. I mean, they they tend to not take something out unless they have something else to replace it. I'm thinking, and my theory is, is that as they're pulling these out of the coal shop, that the black and the flint are going to go in as re- possible. As, as Maybe they'll make the Puerto Rico a uh, a, a, a free XP ship, make yeah. all the whales happy, or I mean, make all the whales really <laughs> mad. All the people that spent like three hundred bucks on it. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably the opposite effect on that one. So there's three premium ships on the tech tree line in the Americans. It's the Alaska, the Massachusetts, and the Texas. They're taking away two out of the three. Um, I, I think there's something there. I mean, I don't know, but you're taking two out of the three that are on the tech tree line. Well, they're premium showing on the tech tree line. Um I don't know. I mean, I, I think they have to replace them, don't they? Well, maybe. I mean, that is a good theory, but here, here's one, one thing to poo-poo on that. How many times over the last, well, this is episode 20, how many times over the last 20 episodes have we talked about the Black Someday, being a coal ship or a steel ship or coming back, the black, right. even the flint has been mes- uh, uh, mentioned. And here we are still without either of them. So what the hell, you know? Well, the other my, thing to think about, too. Is, go ahead. I was going to say my call is when they do the swap out, that's when we'll see it. That's right. that's my prediction. My magic eight ball is, is saying definitely. Well, I was going to say it was was like you were asking about the mess or saying something about the Massachusetts. Don't forget, they also had the the Massachusetts black version that you could get out of the crates. 
So you may have people that didn't buy or go up and get the Massachusetts, but they got the black version of it. So maybe it's not selling. I don't know, because you've got some of those that they do have the black version of that particular ship. Just for that, I want a black black. Right, right. But I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I want one of those too. Yeah. I've got the Massachusetts and the Massachusetts black, both. So that I got in a crate. So I got the, the, the Massachusetts black out of a crate. So, you know, if I didn't have the Massachusetts, but I got it out of the crate, well, why do I need to buy the, the Massachusetts for coal or anything? I don't because I got it in a crate. Yeah, so I, those, I don't know. Are those just, ships, just thoughts. Are those ships, are those ships still going to be in crates, though? I mean, if they remove them from the game, are they still going to be in crates? Or I don't ships? see why not. Because I mean, there are still crates that you can get the Missouri out of, correct? Yeah, the Christmas yeah. crates. I mean, you know, and they, and they, they also got to have however. something in the crates for people like Mando to get. Right. right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm a guy who doesn't waste money on crates, okay? I'm not going to, you know, dump money into, into crates because the chances... I'd rather just buy an existing ship that I know I'm putting my money in and I know I'm getting what I'm getting. I don't like to take gambles and just put a bunch of money in. And, you know, honestly, I, I did a while back. I had a ton of crates, didn't get one single ship. And I wouldn't have any interest in trying if it wasn't for the ships that no longer exist, and there's a way I can still get them by doing that. That intrigues me enough to have the interest to pull the trigger on sometimes. And that's exactly what Wargaming wants. Exactly. So why in the hell would they not? If they remove these ships, I would not be surprised if they show up You know, in next year's Black Friday, yeah, next I'm year's Christmas I'm actually honestly kind of surprised they didn't do it. They're not getting rid of them like now. But then again, that well, would be kind of... You know that would look really bad on wargaming. Then it probably. Would like, However, yeah, they've got like we just got rid of these ships, but they're still going to be in the crates. So uh, anybody got a credit card? Right, they have Go- done it before. But if you if you take a look, look at how much crap they currently have going on. They've got so much stuff going on. I don't know that they wanted to throw that at us as well. I mean, I that's just right. going to further complicate you know, their workload. <laughs> and on top of that, they probably didn't decide to remove them until not long before they made that announcement. And uh, going to back their to credit, your... they're giving people plenty of notice. You know, they want to give people plenty of notice. Right. Going back to your earlier statement about marketing, um, just announcing that mm-hmm. they are removing those ships from the game, that's a marketing mm-hmm. ploy as well. Oh, I'm sure they oh, yeah. sold a lot of And I'm, I'm a sucker. I, I bought in. I was like, I'm getting the Alaska. I'm out. I'm done. I just I bought it. Done. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're they're not they're not silly. Yeah, it's the same thing when they put the like the 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 campaigns or the combat missions or whatever, and they put them on a a timer. You know, you yep. only have X amount of time. Like you know, I, there was no way I was going to miss the Oklahoma, so I just I don't care if it's a good ship, bad ship, whatever. I didn't care. I dumped the money on buying crates to make sure I got it because I didn't have enough time to play it. And, Spoilers and exactly. for you listening, it's hot garbage. <laughs> it is a piece of garbage. first came out, I had 118,000 on it, so it wasn't that bad. Okay, to give um, you some context of the Oklahoma, uh, the one and only match I've played in it so far, um, I was wishing I was in the Texas because the Texas is faster. By <laughs> <I> point two. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost a not faster. The Texas does 20.5. And right, Oklahoma but, does nineteen seven. 
But again, it's not one of those ships that it's like I was getting it because it was overpowered. I was getting it because of... Yeah, you're the, getting it because of the Oklahoma. Yeah, because of my home state. It's kind of like, you know, like what, um, uh, how a lot of, uh, you know, Canadians, stuff like that feel about the Hada. That, you know, they're going to get that ship no matter what or figure out a way to get it because it's a representation of their country or state or whatever. So that's what I was me for. I mean, like Nimitz himself. I mean, he's, how many times has he talked? He would love to get the, the Arkansas Beta. Of course, there's no way unless they come out with just an Arkansas version of it, be stripped down or whatever. But right. if they did, if they did that, I know Nimitz himself would would throw gobs of money at the screen to get it. Yeah, whatever. I mean, five hundred bucks, boom, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, yeah, it's an all marketing play ploy for that. So that's yeah. you know, kudos for them for doing that because that you know, like I said, they've got to get their keep their lights on. And you know, it's that kind of tactics of getting the whales to spend money is what keeps it free to play. Mm -hmm. It's what keeps them with that aggressive development schedule. And yeah, I'm sure their profit margins are unholyly high, like ridiculous. And there's a reason why Wargaming's, the person who like founded Wargaming or whatever is a multi-billionaire. Right. Right. Um, I came into this thinking... You know, when I first started playing, I came in just thinking, oh, these guys are throwing all the money at it. They're stupid, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that. Never going to do that. Well, I don't do it often, but I do do it. And yeah, I was going to say, you say that like I, two minutes after you said you dropped 80 bucks on the Alaska. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, so what I, what I figured out is what you just said is absolutely true. Um, the people that put money into the game keep it going so that other people that don't want to put money into the game can play and i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing i mean i think it's kind of cool actually well you have to and have, you know you have to have the balance between it you got to have some that are going to pay for it and some that aren't because if, yep. if nobody buys anything then the company's not going to be around and the game's not going to be there and i gotta say world of warships has been pretty good about not shoving the microtransactions down your throat. Yes. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. You yeah. know, it's a Gold free-to-play ammo. game, and they, uh, I think EA could take a page from their book. Well, with that, let's uh, let's turn to parting shots. KJ? Um, not much. Um, just want to make sure everybody's safe and everything. Um, we got Thanksgiving come up, coming up, so... I know people are going to be trying to travel and see their their friends and family. So just make sure you guys are extra safe out there with this COVID explosion we got going on. Um, sad, sad note ripped uh, Frosty. Um, yeah, one that of our was that, one of our members that just recently passed away. Um, yeah, just I think that hit a lot of us of. hard. Yeah, I know it put a lot of things in perspective for me. Uh, yeah. that you like I literally talked to some of us. Literally talked to him like. The night of, or the, the night of, of, the night before. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, he was there, and then he logged off, and then that was it. And you just, you never know that that, that is going to be the last time that you'll talk to somebody or see somebody. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we're a bunch of, bunch of individuals that, that don't really know each other, but we're all in each other's lives, and 
we try to, for the most part, I guess, try to make it better, I hope. Well, and I know there's a lot of people here that if I had the opportunity to, I would meet face-to-face. Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, we talked about that. I mean, all you know, most of us have talked about that. Yeah, of, everybody in this channel right now, if I had the opportunity to, I would meet face-to-face. Absolutely. Next time I go up there golfing in Vancouver, once the, the restrictions are lifted, I'm going to meet you. And uh, next time I go to visit my sister in Dallas, I'm going to meet you too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, we're, we're, we're tight for people that don't really know each other. We're, we're pretty tight. Um, I think it's a I think it's an awesome thing, and uh, Frosty's definitely going to be missed. Yes, absolutely. So. Mando, parting shots, funny names. Oh, what do you got? Oh yeah, absolutely. I got I got a couple of them. First and foremost, uh, Research Bureau new season. Research Bureau is hit. So research your line. Get your times two research points. I just reset my uh, light American light cruiser line up to the Wooster and I'm on the fast track to get my Slava this time around. So looking forward to that. Um, quick shout out to Happa Fodder. I happen to be in a game with Happa Fodder, chatted with them a little bit. If you guys don't know, he's the one that moderates all the forums and puts all the announcements out. Wargaming um, had a nice little quick chat with him in game. Super nice fella. Guy's got a hard job because he takes a lot of flack from a lot of people. So shout out to Happa. And my names of the week. Um, once again, if uh, you know the person or if you hear your name call out, have them contact me in game. I will gift you a weekend pass, which is $500 balloons and two days of premium time and with that being said number three i'm on a little bit of a little bit of a um of a theme for the names of the week uh, number three is going to be release the karen release the karen <laughs> 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 um, nice uh, how did that two, only hit three that one's great yeah uh that's number three. Oh, they get better number two is going to be <laughs> karen unleashed Karen Unleashed instead of Kraken Unleashed. <laughs> it's going to be the Karen Unleashed. So release the Karen, Karen Unleashed. And number one, number one, my number one name of the week is Kraken That Aft. Kraken That Aft. I've got a bit of an honorable mention, though. This is, yes. Yeah, now, I will you, say this. This isn't necessarily PG or or necessarily oh, politically correct or whatever, but it's a weaponized autism. Yeah. That was my favorite. This <laughs> well, and, and somebody from the chat room posted it in one of our Discord channels the other day. It hurts when I PvP. <laughs> that one I thought was pretty funny too, yeah. Oh, it burns, burns when I PvP, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, release the Karen. Um, yeah, release the Karen. Karen unleash or cracking that aft. If you guys catch an episode, contact me in game Mandalorian BH. I will gift you a weekend pass, five hundred dubs in two days. Time. Now Low- I gotta ask: Is there a statute of limitations on this? Like, if one of these people contacts you in like three years, no, I will gift them. I I will gift them if somebody listens and and they contact me. What a deal. Nimitz, you got anything before we shove off? Uh, you know, I just want to say uh, that this uh, this season's clan battles has been pretty amazing. Um, if there's people out there listening that uh, don't have the opportunity, um, 
come, come talk to our clan because uh, it, it was good fun. And uh, I think we're going to get next season. I think we're going to get uh, to storm much faster than we did before. And we may even uh, press the envelope and see what we can do. Yep. Now we're going to crack in that aft is what we're going to do. We're going to crack in that aft. <laughs> All right then. With uh, oh. with, with well, that, I, I still I haven't done. I've got to say stuff. Still. All right, go ahead and say stuff. I know you've the, been saying stuff on everybody else's stuff, so you got me all confused. Go ahead. <laughs> now I've got to speak to our last episode from two weeks ago, in that we don't really condone heavy alcohol use a lot of the time. You know, it's not always good. There's a time and a place for it, but please, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. If you do drink, call a cab, get home safe. It's not worth dying for. Right. And I will say about about two weeks ago, it was easier to just, instead of beeping half of the show, it was easier just to slap the explicit tag right on it. So I went ahead and did that. So I'm glad we don't have to do that this week. So thanks to all you guys oh, for we that. We're not over yet. <laughs> well, it's about to be. We're wrapping her up. So, <laughs> so uh, a little shout out to uh, Nightmare, Polecat, and Crimson Moon Hero who all stopped by to hang out with us tonight. Uh, I saw Cyber's Happy Sock show up. That's a little questionable there, but <laughs> I think that's <laughs> uh, probably Vaughn or Chino. Yeah, one of the two. Of, no, one of those I, two I'm of those sure jokers. Yeah, one of those jokers anyway, but uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, yeah, F- uh, Frosty, we miss you, and uh, you know, good luck in the next life, and who knows, maybe we'll catch up some other time with you. Um, it's been a, been a good two weeks. Uh, we ran a little long today, but you know what? I think we kind of owed it to the audience because we missed last week. So, But our, our heads were on straight. We were not inebriated, so we were able to put out a good product, I think, this week. So we'll look for you guys again uh, next week. Take care. Until then, everybody. Bye-bye. All music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.